All right, welcome to episode one of podcast with Coach Glossop. Uh, we got none other than Greg Hire on the show. Um, Greg, how are you feeling, man? Good, man. We finally got there, right? It's uh, been a long time coming. So, uh, and uh, yeah, obviously some some minor hiccups and due to unfortunate circumstances that are arising in the world. But uh, we got there. Persistence is key, right? So, uh, nah, I'm uh, I'm excited, man. It'll be it'll be fun. Yeah. No. Um, so, uh, for those that don't know, obviously we're streaming this from across the city. Uh, Greg's at home uh, due to the coronavirus, so we're just making sure we do our part and staying uh, with that social distancing. Um, how's it affected you, Greg? Just as obviously it's a topic we'll just kind of spend a little bit of time on, not too long. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's an interesting landscape, right? I mean, um, I don't think it's something that. You know, as much as, especially in the the world that I in, or that I live in, in terms of uh, my passion, mental health, and and well being, um, I spend a considerable amount of time, um, whether it's schools, corporations, businesses, sporting clubs, to try and increase your resilience levels and your grit levels and whatever it may be. But um, I can be honestly, uh, I can honest, be honest and say that. Um, even I've struggled at, at these times and I think, you know, you hear that word unprecedented and it's, I think you can't, um, yeah, go by it. It is, it's, um, it's abnormal. Um, I don't think one person, uh, Jerry Norman, the owner of Harvey Norman is, has been impacted by it in some way, whether that's, uh, impacted, impacted directly financially or, or peers or friends. It's, um, the magnitude is, 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 crazy um and not only is it now i think it's unfortunately only going to get worse before it gets better and it's going to be something that i mean, even i've discussed at a charity level uh ptsd you know for, for 12 to 18 months because there's massive ramifications um social isolation is an issue financial implications and the stress that comes with that the anxiety um yeah i mean this is something that um i mean Look at yourself. I mean, no one's re- really ever lived through it, you know. Yeah. Um, only a month ago or three weeks ago, you sort of have a laugh and go, oh, look, that's not going to really go. I mean, I remember even yeah. I, I was joking around with my wife um, the, other, the other night. I was supposed to go to Japan um, for a three-on-three tournament just as this was, like, kicking off. Um, and I was just like, I'm going. Like, it's not a big <laughs> thing. And uh, now a month ago, we're doing a podcast because of it, you know. So... Um, you know, like in, uh, like obviously doing a podcast, but we're in separate rooms. You know, yeah. it's 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 craziness, and um, yeah, it's a it's a tough time, that's for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, even before this came through, um, when I was thinking about the first episode, you came to mind for a whole bunch of reasons, and and which we will talk about throughout this episode. Um, but I think now it's probably going to be a more relevant conversation than ever with with what you do with the Stitch in Time. So. Yeah, so obviously, like locally, um, everyone admires you and looks up to you, not just what you did as an athlete on the court, but what you've gone and done since then and um, as a father figure, etc. So we just want to talk about, about family, business, um, basketball. We want to talk about the NBL landscape as it is now and kind of obviously how that championship finished up this year. So yeah, if we start with this NBL season first and um, before all this started, you know, like when the NBA Stars program came in and Mello rocked on the scene. Someone who's just first year out, how did you look at all that and what have you got to, to shed light on on that subject? Yeah, it's a, you know, I look at it from, um, from the league 
you know, I look at it as, a, yeah, it's obviously a huge benefit. You get the eyes um, across the globe looking at it. Um, social uh, media was going bonkers. You know, you had young kids that may have never been a really a fan of the NBL and just a fan of the NBA obviously casting their eyes on it. Uh, I'll be honest and say I was a bit of a, a skeptic in terms of that regard um, with what was his goal in mind. I mean, he's a young kid, 18 years old. Um, I would argue he, he wanted to come out here and go, hey, if I win an NBL championship, that's going to be a career highlight. Like, you know, his obviously aspirations were to dra- um, to increase his draft stock and, and credit to him. And to be honest, like I look at it and go, you know, even if you brought in a, a bona fide superstar, I didn't even have him in there. Um, obviously, the injury to Aaron Brooks, the Illawarra hurt them significantly. But to be honest, I, f- I felt like it was a, a good thing for them. I don't think they were going to be a championship contender anyway. You know, like um, Cairns obviously were, were really special in that regard, getting three quality imports. But being a regional team, you're always going to struggle. And I thought, yeah, why not take a punt? Um, unfortunately, it hurt them in the long run, him getting injured. Um, yeah, then they really had no one. Like they, they gave him the keys to the city, and as soon as he was done, um, yeah, they just sort of fell fell to pieces. But um, it was exciting. Like, uh, don't get me wrong, just like I had a general buzz. Like, um, credit to him. I mean, back to back triple doubles. The first one was that that game was was legit. Like, I looked at it as a fan yeah. And for like, yeah, he single-handedly brought him across the line, the one against New Zealand, he was chasing numbers. But, hey, like, I mean, when you're talking not cents, millions of dollars, you know, you're doing everything in your part to do that and credit to him. Um, the RJ Hampton one was, was a bit, yeah, a, a bit of a, a weird situation because um, for me, like, I looked at the results and I did think they're a playoff contender and as soon as he sort of leaves um, Zeke Henry and... Um, Abercrombie and obviously bringing back um, name is missing at the moment but yeah it comes back into the fold after the injury you know they were yeah oh, Hobson you know like they were actually yes, playoff contenders and, and give them a game or two they could actually have maybe given a tilt for the championship you know and um, I think you saw that and that was a correlation Andre Hampton at the start of the year and they obviously had a lot of injuries but not playing many minutes or his role sort of lessened so it's an interesting pathway they're going to go with, you know, like I think there's only a set few amount of teams. Like I look at it and you've got to look at the roles that you're given and um, whether you can contribute. Uh, I mean, I look at a guy, um, Josh Giddy, that signed at Adelaide. Like I feel like that's a good uh, situation. Like, you know, yeah. they're rebuilding. They need after what's happened off the court and the whole question about the culture. Yeah. Bring some excitement. Get, let him let him grow, let him do it. You know, he might not even make the NBA initially and he stays there for two years. And, you know, bringing a guy like Lamelo to Walcott wouldn't work. You know, you've already got superstars and Bryce and you've got point guards like Damon and Norto. And yeah, you know, you, like um, the only position that you might try and get there at the start of the season was, was obviously Darryl Hump. You get a plumber like they're stacked. So yeah. I think, yeah, that's where the – that next stars, like, I mean, obviously, King going to Cairns, again, like, it's a good thing. Uh, but, again, Cairns are on the rise. So, like, if you bring mm. in those three imports, can come back. And um, I thought uh, Deng obviously elevated his game and quite Noy, obviously, a healthy season. So, yeah, it's an interesting thing. It's, um, you know, and I think it comes to that point sooner or later that league's going to be prestigious enough. There's going to be enough high reputation. You don't need the gimmicks. You don't need to worry about that um you know like just for a, 
um, that college sort of approach, you know, like that one and done. I don't think you, yeah. you will need it. And if you, um, at the end of the day, you're, you're judged on wins or losses, not on social media likes. And so that's how you're going to be defined and um, that's what's going to have to take priority sooner than later. Yeah, so I did have a question about uh, whether you still actively watched it, but it's clear that you have definitely been actively watching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It couldn't help me, mate. I mean, you know, obviously, being it's consumed my whole life. Um, no doubt, it was tough at times. Um, but to be honest, with what was going on so much in my life, the only time I really started missing the competitive side and missing that was the finals and knowing, um, yeah, that's that's why you always play. You know, that's why you do off-season, pre-season work to have a, a chance to compete for a championship. So um, you obviously miss the, the brotherhood and lucky enough, I still talk to all the guys daily. Um, so it's sort of, yeah, you don't miss that sort of side to it. But um, no, obviously a fan of basketball and it's always good to know, you know, like I'm a fan of sports actually in general. Um, and so those storylines and um, yeah, to, to see those guys go back to back, pretty cool. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, we have to have a discussion about it, the, how the uh, championship was awarded, not being biased about it all. What, uh, how do you see it and do you think it was appropriate? Myself, I, I'm, I'm say, I say it is. Yeah, look, I think in the end, um, I had always said this and unfortunately got some backlash initially. I think um, it's obviously a tough decision and, I, and you know, um, I don't think the, the negativity um, surrounding Sydney's decision um, is deserved. Um, at that time, they've obviously made that decision based on well-being. There's a lot of parameters. Like, I don't – not once do I think, were they running scared? Like, you're professional athletes. Like, uh, yeah, professional yeah. athletes are, are wired in a different way. You can't tell me, you know, irrespective that Casper went one from 27 – he, he, he didn't want another game to redeem himself, yeah, you know, yeah. like not one of part of me goes, oh, they were scared. Um, so, look, I think the circumstances and obviously, it, again, like fast forward that decision, we're not even talking about now. Borders are closed, you know, like. And so, yeah, come that decision, I think obviously Sydney tried to force NBL's hand and mm-hmm. it would have been different um, for me. Um, yeah, look, just because of the way it finished up and they withdrew and, there was still – there was no real government um, enforcement. Like, they, they didn't have any restrictions. Yes, yeah, so, right. in That's essence, early. you could still play a game. So, um, yeah, look, I think the decision's comfortable in the end. Do I, um, do I agree with it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's obviously going to be question marks. Is there an asterisk? No, I don't yeah. think so. I mean, they won. I just think the whole way, and, and hindsight's an incredible thing, could have been handled extremely better so that we're not even having these discussions whether the championships are legitimate yeah, or not. Yeah. Um, it would have been good on Thursday or Friday, irrespective of fan, home fans or not. Um, the NBL saying, we know and we don't know what this landscape is doing. It's evolving, escalating at a ridiculous rate. What we do know is we're going to have the opportunity to play a game on Friday and a game on Sunday. It's a best of three. Um, now, if we have the opportunity to play Friday and Sunday the following week, sure, yeah, it's the best yeah. of five. Yeah, um, yeah. But come, if you guys don't feel safe and secure on flying, yeah, and just said that. And, you know, I know both owners or like, you know, CEOs and power and the, the, the movers and shakers in their organisations, they, they want their advantage for their club. So, you know, but that's yeah, where the yeah. NBL says, this is it. If, you, if you're not happy with it, withdraw. And then, yeah, unfortunately, we have to award the title. Um, but, yeah, I think 
again, a learning lesson. Um, no one expected that to happen, you know, like, um, but again, that's what you need leadership and said, this is it. Yeah, some people aren't going to be happy, but I think if they had set that tone and said, best of three, we, whoever's leading, um, yeah, cool. And then if we can play, sure, we can play it out. But yeah, it's unfortunate how it all finished up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to, to add that, you know, I talk about that. And that's a hollow feeling for athletes. You know, across the world, I think even though I've, I've spoken about that, I'm not sure if you have, but that's mental health and athletes, Olympians. Mm. It's a crazy feeling, right? Like an athlete wants an outcome. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's that irrespective at the end of the season, you get a result. If you finish, if you don't finish playoff, you finish on a win or a loss or you don't win a championship, right? Only one team finishes and gets a championship. No one really got that feeling. Mm-hmm. Like no one really knows, you know, like at the end of the day. Like, yeah, they, they obviously warranted it and those guys know, like speaking to them, they deserve it. But all these people right now are just like, yeah, where to emotion. right now? Like what is going on? What is going on, you know? Um, and that's a weird feeling like for mm-hmm. an athlete. Like I know if I – when I won my championship – cool or had a chance to reflect enjoy it celebrate and then it was the next step when you lose reflect and start putting the things to get better you know but right now it's just like yeah it's uh it's, it's up in the air it's it's, it's bizarre mm-hmm. um so next subject uh retirement how's retirement going obviously you couldn't stay off the court you went to the three-on-three stuff um and how's it how are you finding that now and what keeps you busy um we're going to obviously link that in with family as well, um, and your stitching and your stitching time too. Yeah, man. I mean, to be honest, like retirement's been seamless. Um, you know, I st- I love the game. Um, obviously, hence why I still play throwing three and why I play SBL and and still involved in, in a lot of different capacities and 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 getting increasingly more involved. Um, but for me, it was just the right time. Like. Um, I felt like I was giving more to the game emotionally than what I could get out of it. Like I'm an emotional guy in terms of the effort levels and um, I love that component of um, getting to the gym, you know, uh, 45 minutes before you're supposed to and get through your routines and then getting uh, you know up in the stair- upstairs and watching film and doing the extra stuff and then spending an hour, 45 minutes to an hour on the court just having that one-on-one time and, you know, like obviously with that, like I had accomplished so much, like I ended up winning fourth championship. But when I was deliberating and thinking where I'd been at my career, for me, um, I was more, not obviously had a desire to win that last championship, but I was content in knowing that I'd done everything I could do to get the best out of myself. But um, I unfortunately wasn't getting what I wanted out of the game. Like I was sort of lo- losing that love in a way, um, mm. you know, obviously I could I could play that role. I was given that contract and Trev asked me two weeks after I retired whether I would reconsider, you know, at times. And um, for me, I could play that um, three, four, eight minute, 10 minute, I wanted more. Um, and so, yeah, so I guess it was just that time where I was like, yep, yeah, ready to move on and more to come for that decision. I massive believe things happen for a reason. Um, and it was like I ended up being, having the chance to represent Australia um, at the three and three level, go to World Cup in Amsterdam, win a gold medal at the Asia Cup, um, and then have travelled since then to you know um, Philippines, China, like doing all that sort of. Had the opportunity to go to Japan, Mongolia, like all these places that Puerto Rico that you know we never would have even in 
my wildest dreams even contemplate going there on a holiday and I'm doing it for basketball. So, mm. yeah, look, and as you know, right, it, it, it takes you on around the world. You meet some fantastic people. So, yeah, look, retirement's been good. Um, I mean, it, it was funny, like, I've been so busy with my own endeavours and moving on to that next phase of my life. Like, um, to be honest, when they say, like, you enter the real world, being a professional athlete is the real world, right? Like, it, you might even work more than the general <laughs> nine-to-five person does. Um, and so that gives you a, um, a pretty good, you know, understanding of what you need to do and commitment-wise, doing all that sort of stuff. Like, to be honest, I was more exhausted sitting at an office desk for the first couple of weeks yeah. Um, then on the, on the basketball, that's been the hardest adjustment, getting into a routine that is best accommodating for me and, and obviously the family. And, um, but yeah, no, it's, um, it's been a, it's been a fun ride and, and I've enjoyed that, that element and even bringing elements of it being in a professional sporting environment to, to a local government job. So it's been good. Mm. Um, and then obviously in that retirement, like something that I definitely want to, uh, through the podcast, talk about is definitely family and and that value and um going i mean being away with basketball the whole time you're probably seeing more family time now than you ever have um how's that been connecting with them and um how do you manage it as well with with your side projects and, and business and stuff like that yeah i mean um family's the world right like i mean i obviously just saw your post today about your son and it is like it's your motivation i think um, any dad, parent, um, dad, mum, parent, yeah, like you, you can't explain that connection, that love, like it's, you know, um, that joy that they have, like you could have the worst of days, mm. um, you know, have the absolute stress, um, going through your mind and then you see them and a little bit of a laughter or, you know, some of the, obviously now, um, both of them are speaking, yeah, yeah, yeah. their grammar's increasing so their vocab's improved and yeah just some of the things that you said is just sort of cool and so I think you know when you're consumed as a professional athlete you miss that right like you, you get, you're training every single day and you're worrying about what's happening on the weekend Friday night comes I, I get no sleep after a game because <laughs> I'm just too wide up I get up in the morning I might be leaving to the airport two hours later and so I think some of those things that I, you know, and then obviously like as soon as I'm had a day off, it's like you're pretty much um, trying to fit in everything that you've missed for the last week or two being on the road into one day. So you go into the zoo and then you're like, oh, I'll just do this. Whereas now I can just be patient, you know, like you can hang out, I can go jump on a trampoline, I can see him ride on his bike, I can, you know, make him breakfast and, you know, and then that's those things that, Unfortunately, like some of the, the professional athletes, like my teammates, you know, uh, Jesse Wagstaff and his daughter and my son go to the same pre-kindy and I had the ability to, to drop him off, you know, weekly. Mm-hmm. That was a cool thing just to take him on his first day, you know, and then do all that sort of stuff, which these athletes unfortunately miss. And so, yeah, that's those things that, um, you know, I, I obviously now cherish knowing that I retired and I can appreciate that and I would have missed it, you know, and so – yeah, I think that's it. And, you know, I, I, this is a reason, um, you yeah, know, I ask this and, and you'll see it all the time. But when someone asked me, like, your motivation, it's, it's your why. And that was, like, as soon as, you know, like, I had a really tough upbringing growing up. Um, and so that was obviously a big part of it. And so I try and be that role model for my kids now. And that was my why. Like, 
um, knowing that I could leave a legacy that far transcends on the court once I retire, mm. and now obviously off the court, that I would be proud of. Mm. Um, you know, as as my my um, yeah my children, um, and so that's yeah that's always that motivation. It's you know the days where you're like, oh yeah, I've got to write a report or I've got to apply for a grant or I'm going to go do a conference or do this. Mm. Like in the back of your mind, it's, it's to make their lives better and, and for them to to be proud of me perspective there now my daughter's about to turn two she wouldn't know what's going on but i know long, long standing it will definitely be it'll definitely count yeah i oh, said so pretty similar age than your girl and my little boy yeah 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 um and then uh the last thing is uh i just want to delve into the stitching time and mental health stuff and just relate it back to a couple of things um regardless of what's going on now what you i guess how you would have spoke about it um just with everyday issues and um and in sport out of sport uh, what you do with the charity as well and and sum that up and then just link that into today what we're facing too yeah so i mean it was launched in um yeah 2016 and so um and so basically like back then um yeah like it was basically i um, wanted to raise money for another organization and my profile grew within the Wildcats and I saw it as an opportunity and I was um, obviously becoming a bit more immersed in the space and I guess becoming a bit more influential in that in the mental health community and um, so it's grown significantly and as that um, I guess I just felt obliged to try and grow with it um, and to try and put whether that's my position in the community or my networks to, to the best way I can and you know one thing I know is um, mental health isn't like you know it doesn't discriminate right like um, just because I'm a professional athlete or a guy that's driving a bus or whatever like we we do struggle um, yes there's ways we we deal with it in, in different ways um, and you know mental health conditions aren't just you know uh, depression, anxiety, like, you know, it's, it's such a transcending thing. Um, and, and, you know, like for me, um, it's on so many different levels and our education and awareness around mental health, the statistics has obviously um, increased exponentially, but it is so far gone to it's actually, I reckon, at a point where it's acceptable. And why I say that is lives are lost to suicide every day, you know, like eight lives are lost Um now, for me, obviously, that's never going to be a zero number. Like when I see a campaign, like that's not going to happen. Like that's unfortunate, but um, more lives are lost to suicide than, than road trauma, you know. And so, but how much the amount of money that is spent on road trauma compared to that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like those sort of things and even the discussions that I've had, um, you know, recently, like in terms of stigma, um, like if I was, you know, a, a perfect exercise, I, I love to do, and I did it when I was I um, was acknowledged um, at an at a function, and I asked everyone to put up their hand to say, you know, have you suffered an injury? You know, I'm talking about torn muscle, rolled ankle, you know, whatever it may be, um, or you had the, if you have the flu or you've been cold, have you ever had that? You know, and people raise their hands, like the whole room raises their hands, right, um, without hesitation and uh, refine that question and say, is anyone in this room um, suffering from a mental health condition, you know? Um, 
and there's a- apprehension. Like people mm-hmm. will, like, would argue every single person that, you know, in that room that is suffering puts up their hand because they actually are wondering if their peer even knows or their parent knows or their boss knows. Um, so, yeah, look, I think we've still got such a significant way, especially in the athlete space. Um, unfortunately, we see it more obviously prominent in AFL circles. An athlete comes out and says, oh, I struggle from a mental health condition. And the first thing when people say is, no, nah, they're on drugs. Yeah, so look, I think we've obviously got to do that. For me, I guess, um, irrespective of the coronavirus or what's going on, my things, what I always leave on is two things. Um, and, you know, why, like, if you're, why do people spend so much time, effort, and money into their physical health, right? And to look good, to feel good at the end of the day is to live longer, right? And what I've learned in my career, um, and to perform at the best level. Right? I can't be 50 kgs overweight to be at a high level. But what I learned um, is if you want to live longer, which ultimately is the goal, why people spend the amount, same amount of time and effort and money into their physical health, they need to spend actually more and all the same as into their mental health. Mm-hmm. Because whenever I was, I could have been in the best nick of my life. If I didn't have what was going upstairs going right, yeah, I'd perform poorly. Whether I was feeling low, confident, action, nervous, anxious, whatever it may be. And so that's my thing is like we spend so much time even at a professional sporting club in the gym an hour and a half, you know, but how many, like never once or we would, we'd implement some stuff, but yeah, mindfulness training, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. resilience training, whatever it may be. And so we, you know, we, we put it to the side and it's it's those times now, right, where so much people are like, oh, like you're seeing webinars or people playing emphasis and it's like, yeah, well and good to be doing that. But we would be in a way better position if we placed the priority on this sort of stuff now. You don't need to be struggling with a mental health condition to be training your mind, you know, and to, to better yourself. So that's the one biggest thing for me. And then the other side is everyone has the ability to, to change a life or even save a life. Why I say that? Everyone has the ability to have a conversation mm-hmm. and listen and not judge, right? And that's the biggest thing is listening and not judging. So many times I say this, like women do it amazingly. Like uh, I'm sure you can testify this. My wife, like her friends, they talk for an hour. Like if she's got something wrong with me, she'll tell me and we'll be talking for 45 minutes. What do guys do? They talk, they don't communicate, we don't open up, you know. Um, and that's so many times when someone's struggling with a mental health condition, um, they just want to speak. They don't want to be told anything. It's the worst thing they want. They just want to be heard. <laughs> they want to know that someone's taking care of them, you know. So that's my biggest thing, you know. Like you don't need to be a psychologist. You don't need a degree. Yeah, at some point you do need some mental health, um, education, literacy, and, hey, if someone says, I'm struggling, I need help, well, who do I refer them to, you know? Mm-hmm. Refer them, Lifeline, Beyond Blue, Crisis Care, um, all that sort of stuff, you know? But um, that's my, you know, two things that I always try and say when I go into a school and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, again, we, we place so much emphasis around that and we see it more and more in mental health um, in, in professional sports and obviously you see advocates, but, you know, it's got to it's got to evolve, and um, it's good that we're talking about it more. Uh, but now it's that side where awareness is high, mm-hmm. education is still low, and it's got to it's got to come together. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, that's I guess what your endeavour is, and that's just going to continue to get out that education and 
yeah, if, if other people can get around that and help, um, I'd be proud as a community person myself. So if, if there's anything I can do with that too, I'll definitely be be around. For sure, bro. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess like for me, it was uh, give some insight into the life of Greg High post basketball, and I knew you were going to give us drop some dimes about the uh, mental health stuff. So that's been cool. Um, for sure. If people have got a uh, you know, if they hear this for the first time and um, have some problems and wanted to reach out, where should they go to on that just as we wrap this up? Mate, you know, like I'm an open book and so like people can hit me up. I mean, sometimes I won't get back to them straight away, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah you know, for me, mentoring has been a massive part of my life. And I, I want to finish that as well, especially in this sort of crisis is like use yeah. this as an opportunity to grow, you know, like mm. – um, I see, you know, we are unfortunately in a really tough time and, and negativity is obviously outweighing the positives, like for everyone. And rightfully so, how, you, you, you've got to accept that and have your, your days where you just sit there and go, yeah, it's just not a good day. But um, for me, like, and I've seen this, like, um, refine what you do, like, use it as an opportunity. Like, if there's an athlete that unfortunately can't get to the gym um, or is working out with you one on one every single day, like, what stops them to do ball handling for an hour? You know, yeah, what yeah. stops them to like do the amount of body weight workouts they can do in the world? Like, yeah, they have, might, might lose their touch. A basketball player never loses that. They get that touch pretty quick. But there's yeah. a lot of things that we forget about, you know, and I think, you know, in this time, like this is actually a good time in a way. Like we get to reset. We're not forced to, to do all the things that we're required to do, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, there's so many things that I put away to the side because I like I I, I can't facilitate that. Like I've got a hard job, I've got yeah, family, yeah. all this sort of stuff. And at this point, I'm like, you know what? I've got some things I really want to take care of. You know, like um, I'm going to read that book that I've, I've put off for some time. But now, at least I'm at home and I'm stress free. You know, like obviously, and don't get me wrong, financial stress is obviously a big thing. But you know, for the young kids, like that's huge. Like use this, you know, like to do something that. They don't. They've got more time that they're mm-hmm. going to be by themselves than they ever have. That's right. They're that's right. not going to have the opportunity to go hang out with mates. You're going to be forced to it. And if you don't get better, you're going to look at this as one of the biggest regrets in your life that you didn't better yourself during something that you rightfully had all the time in the world. <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, I, I think that's, you know, if there's one thing from this whole pandemic, whatever it is, like, yeah, is to, to use this as an opportunity to grow. Look, Start getting into mindfulness training, you know, like reach out to you, get get yeah. some guidance like, hey, what made you successful? What made you tick? Like yeah. reach out to, you know, it's amazing. Send out 500 Instagram messages to an NBA athlete mm-hmm. and hope one writes back, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. why not embrace failure, mm-hmm. like do that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, that would be my last sort of thing. I know you were sort of wrapping up, but use this as an opportunity to grow because grow is every platform. Yeah, no, I, I know we could talk all night, but – I think we've done a good job of at least, you know, giving some advice out there. And for sure. Uh, thanks heaps for spending your time. I know you're a busy man. And you've just come straight off the back of family, but thank you very much. And um, thanks for what you do. keep doing what you do for the community, man. Appreciate no, I appreciate it, it brother. Thanks for the opportunity. And um, yeah, and once <laughs> once things go back to normal, we'll, we'll finally get it done in the studio. Yeah, sounds good. All right, mate. All right, catch you great. Catch you great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um. If Greg sees this back, thanks again, Greg. Um, great conversation. For those that tune in, watch it to the end. That's the first thing. Um, 
we speak about you know basketball early on, but obviously that that leads to stuff a lot more significant, um, being the health of our mind. Um, we didn't get deep deep into it. Um, that's another day when we can actually meet in the studio. Um, I guess today was special circumstances given that the coronavirus is around and we had to use a Zoom app as a way to, to talk and present to you guys. Um, but yeah, I appreciate Greg for doing that. And I know he's got a lot of people that, you know, admire him and follow him. So this is your chance to listen to him and, you know, post winning championships, what he's gone and done and how he's coped with that and what he's doing now. Um, and I think anyone to anyone that goes into mental health, regardless, is, is doing something amazing. Um, yeah. But in terms of first episode, I'm looking forward to the next nine. Uh, this is just, just the beginning. I think I just learned a lot in that first episode that's going to come straight through to the second one. Um, can't wait for that to come into place. We're going to go back, edit this. Um you know, run through how we did it, what could done better, like anything. Um, I, I could have studied all day. I could have written a million notes on it, but it was get on, have a conversation, record it, and then from there we just get better. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited about this podcast finally happening. Uh, I think I put this together three months ago, and if it weren't for the coronavirus, we probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. Um, we'd probably be Thursday night. I would just be driving home now, locking up. Um, it's a funny thing. So to add to what Greg said, um, turn every negative into a positive. I don't care what it is, why it is. Turn every negative into a positive. Okay, so whatever it is, the hardship we got now, there is a way to look at it positively and there is action you can take to drag you out of that. I promise you. You've just got to be creative. You've got to be um, able to see outside of your circumstances and just keep faith, man. It's simple. If you're struggling with any of that, I'm very good at getting back to people. So hit me up. I'll, I'll message you back. And if there's anything I can do, I definitely will. If not me, um, all of my guys, my teammates. So appreciate you for tuning in. If you're still watching now, I owe you one. All right, peace. <laughs>